anybody else uh anybody else tired of hearing about turkeys i'm ready to come back ready to hunt them yeah i'm ready to hunt them too but i'm gonna tell you you can get you can get fatigued real quick because everywhere you turn right now is turkey content it's turkey youtube turkey facebook instagram podcast and uh and i'm not gonna lie there's a lot of, there there's some good information out there and and all kidding aside you know with all the attention lately on turkeys and turkey numbers everybody's talking about it. it's all turkeys all the time at the end of the day that's got to be good for the turkey so i'll i'll set my my cynicism aside and say if it's good for the turkey then i'm on board but uh man there's a lot of information out there there's a lot a, but lot. a lot of people are listening to it a lot of you know just like trapping i mean we you know a, a lot of people are are jumping on board like you said it's got to be helping yeah well the good thing is everybody's passionate about turkeys and the bad thing is everybody's passionate about turkeys <laughs> if you're a turkey hunter you know it. well uh, i'm gonna tell you this guy sitting beside me he's the only man i know that'll call a turkey up on his place call it in range and then let it walk off <laughs> so i mean he not to say mid ain't passionate about turkeys is an understatement too <laughs> i'm yeah. practicing make more than you take there ain't no question about that a you lot do to be said for that there ain't no doubt well maybe all that awareness is creating some of that mentality that people get on board that look we really truly we we can't be takers we got to be givers in this game that's in everything especially them yep you know it, it's uh you know and mitch you always every track i hear about for sale or something mitch you'll always ask me the first thing i don't care what it is he'll say does it got turkeys on it i mean you yeah. you ask that right and and <clears throat> you know earlier you, you told me about a, a landowner that's that one of your clients that's looking for a place to turkey hunt. That's all he cares about. Yeah, he, he don't care about nothing about a deer, but he wants a place with a lot of turkeys. Yep. And and um, you know, having a place, we, we take it for granted because, you know, I've I've had those places, and Brent has hunted those places with me, the most beautiful places in the world, and the turkeys there during the winter time. And guess what? Spring gone. Yeah. I mean, so having a place, and and people don't really understand. But having a place where you have spring turkeys, their spring range is on your land. I don't care if you don't have 40 acres, 80 acres, 100 acres, it's special. 500. It's special yeah. to have a spring range turkey place. I know people say, what's he talking about? Well, I can tell you, if, if you're not a turkey hunter and you're just listening, and, and me to tell you this, those turkeys will, will, will flock up in the winter on certain tracks, and they may be a mile, a mile and a half away in the spring. So, so you feed them all wintertime under that spin cast feeder you got <laughs> and taking pictures of them. But when it comes time turkey time, guess what? They gone. Gone. Yeah, so, so all the talk right now around turkeys and all the concern seems to be about the disappearing wild turkey. Right. Uh, number, turkey numbers and I say disappearing. Declining. At least declining. declining. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, there's – I know we – we well, the all, apparent we, decline. Yeah, and we've all, all three of us, we bounce back and forth and we talk about, you know, we're, we're tuned in to what, you know, the Turkey Science Podcast, you know, I think that's a, there's a lot of good information out there. And, and again, I'll say this just in case it creeps in again, I've got a cynical viewpoint on some of this. Uh, now, I'm not going to, I'm not denying the science at all, but, you know, a lot of, we said early on in this podcast that, <clears throat> that name the woodsman perspective that one of the things we did was was we were coming at a lot of these things from three different perspectives and i don't know if there's a topic that illustrates that better than turkeys uh you know if you if you look at just us you know we all three 
we all three love to turkey hunt. Mitt, you're coming from a you're habitat heavy. Chris is forestry, which that that's habitat too. But you know, and I'm you're just a killer. I, I fancy myself somewhat of a, a purist and a call maker. And I just that's love right. It. I no, love you it. do. Uh, I agree with that. But you know, we've all three got got some opinions on some of this, and and I'm I'm in the camp, man. I just it's hard for me, even you know, listen to the science, you know, the the habitat, the trapping, the, the all these things. It's hard for me to get past just the increase in 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 hunter participation, the increase in hunter impact, the 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 new fad with the traveling hunter, and and if you look at, there's no way that these state regs were set up with the anticipation of that influx of out of state hunters. I don't, I just don't see how yeah. that's possible well, or sustainable. Turkey hunting is the new duck hunting. Yeah, I mean, no if you question. think about that, and you think about the scarcity of the resource, how many people are in there, how much, how competitive the, the, the duck hunting was back in, in the 90s and early 2000s, yeah. and, and even in the 80s, and now that's that's turkey hunting. Yeah, and that's, that's sad. And it's turkey, <laughs> to me. let me tell you something, it's turkey killing now. Yeah. That I mean, look. new equipment, new bullets that'll shoot at 80 to 100 yards, I mean... That's that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you well, take that, you know, if you to that point. I mean, when I was coming up, and I, I we didn't have turkeys in, in where I grew up in, in Panola County, right? And um, I remember I didn't, wasn't until I came to college that I even knew what a turkey looked like, right? And and I'm honest when I say this, I did not know a turkey hunter. I oh, did not. I did not know a turkey in hunter in Panola County. Did not. That's wild. Didn't know a turkey hunter. That's wild. Until a I got A and B Hunting State. Club that's didn't right. have any turkey no, hunters. No, none. That's wild. Um, and so it was 18, 19 years old before I even met a, a, a turkey hunter. Um, and so that's when you when you start thinking about the turkey hunters that we all knew coming up, I mean, they could hunt half the county because yeah. there wasn't any competition. The resources would sustain the, the few turkey hunters that there are. And I would argue that there's still not any more turkey hunters, but we got a whole lot more turkey shooters. I agree with that. And and when you start Brent to your to your and, point and, and extension and and Brent's gonna really look. Get I'm this. trying to stay off I my know, soap box. my we, social media soapbox. It don't matter. But I'm the gonna extension try. of deer season is what I call it. Yeah, and and so that plays into you know people that never turkey hunted, never would have turkey hunted, except that now with camera technology and legal, I, we we. We're going to reference a lot back when we were coming up because that's just what people do, and that's, well, what that's we how do. we grew up. That's our point yeah. of reference, but. You know, up until recently, feeding was illegal. You know, there wasn't many people baiting, and they certainly weren't running feeders that much, you know, year-round. But you take a cell camera now, you know, a cell camera on a food plot with a spin cast feeder, and all of a sudden the guy that never really thought about a turkey, well, he start, he's getting pictures. Now he knows he's got turkeys, and turkey hunting's a thing. It's popular now. He knows that, and so... Well, now with, he's a turkey know, killer. You know, with a with a spin feeder, a cell camera, a new modern decoy that we have now, and TSS, Man, game you changer can hurt them. Game changer. Hunters yeah. today are so much more efficient. Yeah. You know, it, whether you whether you like the tactics or not or, or whatever, you can't deny the efficiency in it. You know, because you think now, hunters today. So so if a kid. 20 year old kid gets into turkey hunting now he has no idea the struggles that we all went through he he doesn't know what a field turkey is you think about think about 
15, 20 years ago, a field turkey would be your – you could burn a whole season of oh, a field take, turkey. It'd take you three weeks to kill that a, field turkey. A field turkey is the hardest turkey to yeah. kill, was probably the most prolific breeder because he had a harem of hens. That's part of what made him so hard to kill. It wasn't him. It was the hens. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and man, I've wrestled with field turkeys, and now that's the easiest turkey yeah, to keep. Now, now you can fan him and shoot that's him at seventy-five yards. Yeah, you, you I mean, really, a, you take a, 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 a strutting decoy yeah. and a TSS load, and that he's field gone. turkey's easy. One he's day out there. he's out. So I think the interesting conversation to talk about today, and and look, and don't hear me at least say, and I think y'all agree with that. I don't care if you sit on top of a feeder with a decoy shooting Magnum TSS to kill your turkey. More power to you. I'm, you won't ever hear me say anything about that. But where we need everybody is don't be a taker. Don't, don't be. be just a taker. And so how you choose to take your turkeys, look, don't, I got no opinion on that. Don't be that game hog is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm a hater. If well, we, if we more. produce more than we take, <laughs> right. I'm all for you. Brent, you, you want me to lead into the, the timber part of it and then let you get into yeah, it? However yeah, I mean, that would be go. a yeah, good look, thing. Look, and, come and on. We're going to try to – Because, look, like I said up, up front, I'm not denying the science. I, I know that, you know, the argument can be made against me, and I acknowledge that. I, I talk a lot a lot of my a lot of my issue when it comes up with turkey numbers is hunter harvest. Well, and I get that if hunters are harvesting gobblers – that doesn't explain these flocks disappearing off the landscape. If you're just shooting adult gobblers, then right. you know you're counting on that recruitment and in good hatches. You know there there's there's some vulnerabilities there. I mean, I think you need carryover, but yeah, uh, I, I'm on. Y'all you know, talk about some science. My and, and and me had had to. I mean, we we bounce stuff off each other all the time when we talk. But you know, my expertise is if I have any is, is timber cutting. I've been doing it for about 25 years probably, and and um. You know, we've cut, you know, I can only I can only look at a local, and I call it local south, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, similar stuff in Tennessee are happening, Louisiana. But uh, now, you know, some of the stuff Mitt was telling me about in, in Kansas, he gets into it a little later. I, I can't, I can't, you know, chime in on that because I don't, I don't work out there. But I, I can tell you this, I'm going to go back to when I was growing up, I didn't kill my first turkey until it was either my senior year in high school, right after a buddy of mine school carried us. But we've always had turkeys. So the place where we grew up hunting, and, um, you know, back then all the land was fragmented, so I had to really go back and it's kind of down memory lane. But it, going into the place that we grew up, we hunted on about 150 acres down there off the time, you know, Tom Bigby Waterway. So it was, you know, mostly mature bottomland hardwood, big pines on ridges, open fields, just a smorgasbord of habitat. Just beautiful, beautiful. Um, you know, some growed up fields. I mean, it was just, it was just, you couldn't ask for no better. There's no land left like that around here. You know, that was probably in the, in the early 90s. Well, when those timber prices went up in the in early to mid 90s and, and hardwood prices and big pine prices went out the roof, even higher than they were last year, well, guess what people started doing? They started cutting their timber. And, um, you know, that track we had down there, it was, it was 160 acres, but you, go, you went through about 1,000 a, a acres, and it had about eight different landowners. So everybody had 120, a 240, a 80, uh, you know, in, in that track. And, and, Brent, you've hunted that track. You've hunted down there. You know the one I'm talking about. So yeah, it's beautiful bottom. Beautiful, beautiful place. So in the, in the probably the 92, 93, they started, started clear-cutting. Uh, you know, CRP come in. A lot of those fields got planted in the – 
late 80s, you know, 87, I think, mid-87, 88, CRP. So the fields were gone, and then they started clear-cutting the timber. So they were clear-cutting all this mature timber. And, and I can remember there was two big flocks down there because I remember seeing them. I mean, I'm talking about flocks of 40, 50 turkeys in a group. Had two different ones, one on the south end of the place, one on the north end of the place. And at any time in the spring, because I had to ask some of the old hunters that hunted it, but they could hear 10, 15, 20 turkeys gobbling all the way down that place. And um, so we started cutting the timber. They started cutting it, cutting the hardwood, planting pine back. All right, so that happened the first track. So it started going as a cycle, you know, heavy select cut, high-grading tracks, clear-cutting, planting pines, clear-cutting, planting pines. So in about 18, 19 years, the majority of that hardwood timber, we'd done clear-cut. It was gone. You know, those, those bottomland tracks, the tracks, you know, you know, they can live. You know, turkeys are pretty optimistic. I mean, they're, they're opportunists, I'm going to say that. They can live in some funny stuff. But what you do, you start shrinking them. So if you've got, a, if you've got a five goblin turkeys on one track of 160 acres and you clear-cut it, guess how many you got on that track? Zero. I mean, you've wiped them out. I mean, they can't do anymore. So all they can do is move. They can either move to the neighbor. They can move which way. Well... Here's what you do. When the neighbor cuts his in two more years, they move again. And then, and then what happened is those timber prices in the 90s started going up and people were, were you know, back then they could buy land for three, $400 an acre. Well, all of a sudden they're cutting timber at $1,000 an acre. Well, guess what? The turkeys wasn't an issue. Turkey's not a priority. It wasn't not one priority. Yeah. I mean, they didn't care. So they started clear cutting it. And I think most people listening that's in the South, they'll say, I know what you're talking about, Chris. I mean, we had turkeys on granny's place well daddy and them when granny died daddy and his brothers and sisters split it up so they cut the timber guess what turkey's gone and they move so but once you move them and we started planting these high you know fast growing pine trees so you know we grow them and then in 20 22 years 24 years we're growing them thinning them once thinning them twice and we're clear cutting them again so those turkeys that had that 75 to 100 year old hardwood timber and big pine timber to you know to live in for all those years now we've cut them put it to a thicket for at least you know a turkey's not going to use it for at least 10 years after you replant okay eight to ten i mean they'll nest in stuff and do some things but i'm talking about seeing and going so we forced those turkeys to live on roads to live in green fields to live in food plots now Predator wise, guess what? We squeeze we squeezed them down. So yeah. and I'm and I'm only talking local, okay? So people can, you know, we, you can shoot holes in it, but cutting timber in in general for no reason. Now, we cut timber now because we look out like we was talking about, these turkeys are bringing such values to the land. Deer bringing such values to the land. We cut timber different than what they cut it in the early 90s when they were getting record prices so they clear cut them yeah and that you know that goes to that goes to something that i heard somebody say last year is that in in areas where the turkey is a priority and you can you can attach this value to them they're doing pretty well so and and it was steve brown i heard him on another podcast and i talked to him today to make sure i wouldn't misquote him but he made a he made a really good point and and there are something he pointed out today there are there are places around the country not connected with you know where they had great turkeys and they're managing for turkeys and they are seeing some decline that's concerning but in places like if, if you look at how the osceola's done 
you know, down in Florida where they're on an, an increasingly shrinking. Yeah, development's getting them. You know, yeah. area of the country. You know, geographically, they're isolated anyway. We're a small, uh, little small area where they're in, and that's shrinking. But in those tracks that hold them, so they haven't been, you know, it's a lot of pasture. Uh, I don't guess that's considered savanna down there, but. Mm-hmm. But there's big hardwoods, <clears throat> cypress. There's big hardwoods draws, down there, but yeah. there's a lot of pasture land, and that land, like the turkeys, the turkeys have value. You right. Know, that's that, and and so they are managed for, right. and they're doing well. Well, and so we, that we goes to your point. If you're blame, managing, if we, you start managing your land and planting your timber harvest right. around wildlife and turkeys, then that it's, changes. No that, question. Which, it's intentional. And, and yeah. little easy things, little easy things. I tell people all the time that want to manage for turkeys. I say, okay, where do your turkeys roost at? And they look at me. So what do you mean? I said, you know, turkeys are really pretty routine. If you watch them, they they do a lot of the same things year after year after year, especially roosting habitat and where they like to roost I, you know i tell people i said don't cut them don't cut don't cut where they roost I'm like, well, well uh, that makes perfect sense you think about it because you're going to move them i mean look it don't take a rocket science to know if if your timber is big and mature and your turkeys are using it every day and you clear cut it and you put it into a a pine thicket that we you know we talk about burning and thickening things up guess what they can't make it they can't operate through that thick stuff without them seeing predators will get them they just can't do it you force them when you clear cut everything and you, and you do you know what i call wrong type of timber management even thinning some of these plantations way too heavy you make it so thick that they can't they they, they just can't live they can't multiply all right they can't reproduce all right so so from my from my standpoint i'm gonna get i'm gonna get mitt He's sitting on his hands over there a little bit. But look, so you say that, and I've seen that. I've seen what you're talking right. about, and I agree with it. But I've also seen there's tracks in this river bottom up here that are beautiful hardwood bottoms, and they're still beautiful hardwood bottoms. And used to, you could go, if there was someone at this gate, you could go to the next one, there'd be a turkey for you to get on. Right. And they're not there now. Right. And so that one, timer hadn't been cut. Right. And so, yeah, another interesting observation when you're talking about the, the timber that I've recently made through a, a buddy of mine. So we've all experienced, you know, had permission to hunt on a 40 or an 80. I had turkeys. And then even back when turkey hunting was, was really, really good, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it'd be a it'd be a window of really really good turkey hunting and then it all of a sudden it would start dying off even even we experienced that then Mm -hmm. well i didn't really explain it you know habitat change whatever changes you just kind of write it off in your own mind you could move to wherever the turkeys move to well fast forward the last few years i've got a, a a buddy of mine now that owns enough land that you can actually follow the turkeys around when they move out of these different stages of timber. So he's got a big track. Big track, big track, a lot of different stages of timber. And what we're observing on this, and this is – because I was really looking slant out at it at at first, but now I'm starting to – as it's happening, there is a window, and I'm talking about pine specifically. Mm -hmm. There is a window of time that these turkeys on this particular track – I don't know if it's nationwide, but there's a window of time to where the turkeys prefer that pine stand. And when they start getting more mature, because I always thought a pine stand, we could manage it where it would get better and better and better until you finally got to those Georgia-type. Looks like pines. a refuge. Looks like a refuge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then that was the pinnacle, and it would just keep getting better and better and better. That was not the observation. The The bigger, the older, the taller, the more you, you thinned them in the direction that we all thought was going in the right direction, 
the turkeys quit using them and they moved back into that earlier stage. And on this track, they can bounce around and do that. Right, and stay I, in that, I think in that I know stage. the track you're talking about. But there about. is a yeah. window of time in those pines that the turkeys on this particular track that are more prefer. productive. Yes, more productive. And before mm-hmm. and after that, you get out of that most productive roost habitat where the turkeys are spending the time right. so that was really really interesting to me well a lot of the stuff as you sprayed as you showed me a lot of stuff on that some of them tracks that you sprayed yeah. that we didn't allow the gum and all that stuff to thicken up and those turkeys just yeah i mean so after i cool. saw that and then thinking about you know mississippi alabama and georgia when we started planting all our row crops in the pine trees mm-hmm. in the early CRP. 90s mm-hmm. And you apply that same, you know, micro observation that I had on my buddy to across three states. Could we get out of a window there that's the most optimum for a turkey habitat? So you apply what we had, what we saw on that track to three states. Could that be, could that contribute to some of the the, the numbers from a timber standpoint? So you got that thought kind of floating around. Mm -hmm. And then you go to, Brent, kind of your point, you go to a state like Missouri. All right, Missouri is really interesting because because you know you got the timber argument on one side, and and then you got the 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 early hunting season, the March fifteenth hunting season. A lot of our neighboring yeah. states are already starting to back that up, and you know the the the, the you talking about the breeding, the breeding time, breed and, and staying out yeah. of that 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 that, that breeding window. time, give them that time. The the obviously the bag limits. Well, the best case study that I know of for looking at all those is Missouri. Yeah, right. they've been collecting right. data way before. And, not and, only, and they had more turkeys. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. only that, they've got some unmolested timber ground in South Missouri, number one. Number two, they've got one of the latest season opening dates of any of the southeastern states, number two. Number three, they allow one gobbler to be taken during the first part of the season Split. And if you yeah. kill him the first season, you got another one the second season. Right. You and they shut two. off at one, don't they? They, they no shut afternoon. off at one. No so hunting. they, I mean, that's the best case study for a lot of the, the talk on bag limits, season opening dates, and their turkey numbers are at the same level decline or apparent decline of all the other states that we're, that we're in, including Mississippi. Right. The apparent. So, I mean, what a great case study. And if that – if that Missouri data set is not conclusive in that regard, why are we still looking at, you know, backing the season up? If it's about, hey, I'm just going to – I I'm want to hamstring the hunters to where they physically cannot – don't have time to shoot Can't the turkeys. Kill them. That's, That's right. one thing. But to do it from a biological standpoint, I don't know if the data is there to support it. Yeah, and look, I'll throw in right there before we get too far down the road – I'd throw in a plug for Adam Butler with NBWF and P because I remember hearing him last year when the trend was in some of our neighboring states to push the season back. Let's just go ahead and reactionarily let's let's make this change. Adam was Adam came out and said, No, we're not gonna do this just to do something. We're going with the data. I I like that. Look, Adam Butler's a heck of a resource for state. No doubt about it. We're proud of him and glad to have him and lucky to have him, you know, within our state leading that leading that charge. No doubt about it. You know, and it's and it's we, me and Mitt laugh, and 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 Brent gets to hunt them. Um, it, and we'll we'll talk about our personal tracks here at the end. He of said it. I get to hunt them. He he, yeah. got, he started backing up, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying it. Everybody's decline, decline, decline. I've never seen a decline. 
I mean, on my personal track. Yeah. And I and I know this. Mitt's not seen it. Mitt, and and he he knocks my some of my timber stuff out of the country because he don't hardly have any timber on his track. Well, see, all right. So that's where I was gonna go when I went into talking about those river bottoms that used to have turkeys that hadn't been cut. Is right. I see a a real sharp contrast between what I see on on your tracks because you've hunted both of them. Managed yeah. intentionally for turkeys. And these other tracks are either public or hunting club. What's the difference? And I, I asked that for a setup because I know there are we several. We can get into that. There, there's in several a, differences. Well, Do you, you want to get into it now? Well, I'll tell you what's interesting. Now, I think it's death by a thousand cuts, but I want right. to hear some well, of these, you know, and I don't want to be just in a look. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you my difference, and I know Mitt's too. Number one, Mitt's a stickler for habitat. But, I mean, if you've seen his track, if you walked out and you're a you're a seasoned turkey hunter, and I walked you through Mitt's track, you'd say he ain't got no turkeys out here, and you yeah. thought the same thing. But you go down there and look at it today, in every field and every hundred foot road that Mitt's got through that place, it's gonna be a turkey on it. Yeah, and they stay on it year round. But I'm gonna tell you, and and my personal ones, I'm lucky enough to have other tracks to hunt. So I saved my best ones, but I can tell you, it's it's not over-harvesting them. And I can look at this guy sitting beside me. He don't over-harvest them either. I mean, we, I, I get on him all the time. Me and one of his partners in his business, we stay on his butt. But he'll call that turkey up. And, and, and I'm getting that way too. It doesn't bother me. Not to kill one. Since I've started videoing some and it taking pictures, it me. doesn't bother me to watch so, them walk and, away. And I say this, not trying to sound like some big shot, because when I started, Mitch, you, you helped me lay out my first track when I started laying out the first food plots on it. We had a handful of turkeys, but I had a good neighbor that killed. He was a big predator machine, and he didn't hunt a lot. But taking those turkeys and, and, and my personal my personal thing on my place if i've got six gobblers gobbling i won't ever kill half of them yeah and and so i got leave carryover. i got carryover carryover is big number and one and every time I, I i never kill more than half and most of the time i kill less than half so last year and lately we hunted your track later too and i think that's that made, right you know as you as you listen to some of the science about you know that that timing of harvest that that could play a role that could and be an unintended benefit. Now of, of we you can go to and we'll get into other ones. It's like Mitt goes back to that toolbox. If my toolbox got five tools in it for turkey management, I do all five of them. Okay. Yeah. I spend the money. I spend the time. I don't overshoot them. Well, that was and, never and, more apparent to me than Adam. You were talking about Adam earlier. Invited invited me down to that um, turkey forum that they had preseason the, the last big symposium. year. That's the symposium, and it really was is to create awareness, hear what the general public had to say about the apparent problem, and so it was probably a room of 150 people, and it was very very eye opening to me because I was seeing those same observations that me and you were seeing. Chris, right. we didn't see it locally, but still, you right. had that sense of fear. Is it something that we're not seeing? Is it something that's under the under the bed that can jump out of us? Or we got right. a skeleton in the closet that just nobody was aware of. If we got something hidden going on, and so you had every opinion under the sun down there. This guy would stand up and bang his head and fist on the table and say, "Man, we got to do more trapping." And this guy would say, "Man, it's all about the the out of state 
uh, guys hunters. are coming in, hunters are coming in, we're killing too many. And so you just imagine all the the opinions that we're having. And so the talks were going back that we need to delay the season back to 1st April. Or we need to cut our turkey bag limit down to one gobbler. And you were hearing all these very passionate um, examples of what people were experiencing and those people and, feel that way. That, and they were strongly it's, it's opinionated. Just like what we're saying. Yeah. We've all three got observations. Yeah. We're all three right. They feel that but way. But what was to really, really interesting is where I turned the corner, there was a gentleman in the back. He was probably 75 years old. And he raised. He hadn't said a word the whole time. And he raised his hand and said, let me tell y'all young boys something. Down there in Kemper County where I'm from, me and my neighbors, we don't have a problem. Our turkeys' numbers are going up and up and up and up, even through this all this example of, of what y'all are saying. And that got me thinking, you know what? Let's listen Number to this Number one, we, it, not everybody is having the same problem. Not everybody is seeing the same thing of the, the turkey decline. So maybe it's not a skeleton in the closet. Maybe it is a death by a thousand cuts. And the, your problem, Chris, may not be my problem. Correct. Brent, the, the track that you're managing, may not, I may not have the same issues that you have. And so that's where we got to be really, really smart. And so I, I started thinking that, that put me on down a whole different line of thinking. So the analogy that I came up with, and it, it makes a lot of sense in my mind, is think about a lake. You have deep parts of that lake and you have shallow parts of that lake. All right. In a wet time of the year, water is going to be, it's, the lake's going to be at capacity. So there's going to be water all in the shallow areas of the lake. In a dry time of the year, the water is going to recede out of the shallow areas and only be in the deepest parts of the lake. It pushes it back. All right, yeah. so think about that analogy from a, a turkey habitat standpoint. On the good times, we get two or three um, good years of hatches in a row. It feels like where we are now. feels like where, right. where we're moving into. Yeah. Right. And so we're getting, in, in my analogy, that would be the equivalent of a lot of rainfall. So you're starting to see turkeys in areas that may not have the A number one best quality habitats. I would call that the early, the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Everybody had turkeys. Yeah. All right. Then we went through a, a time, and I'd say we're just coming out of it. I hope we're coming out of it from the apparency. But where maybe we're going through a little dry time, and so the water receded. I The turkey population receded back to only the best turkey habitat. Only the highest quality habitat had the turkeys. So the places the last 10, 15 years that enjoyed those turkey populations were those marginal habitat places when we started having an issue with whether it be nesting, just you know, weather-related, whatever it was, you see the turkey population started receding back to where the only the best habitat had those turkeys. And, and the people taking care of them. And you're having people raising their hand, man, I don't have any turkeys on my track anymore. I'm not hearing any turkeys on my track anymore. Right. Well, that could be the reason. Brent, and, and you know, you've been saving this. And t- tell me what you, I mean, you've probably turkey hunted more um, than me and Mitt both put together. All right. Uh, we may be a little older than Brent, so we're probably more wise, but um, Brent's a pretty good hunter. What, what do you think, Brent, is the, the old school, late 80s, early 90s, compared to 2020, 2023? What are you seeing difference when you started hunting? What people are doing now? Because no, you got a good opinion. You got a harvest opinion, and yeah, I agree look, with you a hundred percent. But I want to hear it. It's from you. completely different. And and you know, I did. You know, I said I I appreciate Adam Butler not just jumping in and, and turning our season back later. <clears throat> 
but there's something to be said for some of that too. You know, that early season, early season, these these birds are are still bachelored up. You got more people hunting, more people socially hunting. Look, think about this: through the late '90s, early 2000s, I hunted alone a lot. I didn't, you know, you didn't buddy up. Yeah, and and now just about, I don't know. There's not that many people to hunt alone anymore. Right. So everybody's got at least two deep, guns sitting there and, and, and you're hunting early, you got everybody's doubling, everybody's shooting eighty yard shells, sitting behind a strutting decoy. Uh and I say I'm not I don't mean to pick on any one of those. You know, you said you don't care if you're sitting on a feeder shooting with a strutting decoy as long as you are not just a taker, as long as you're giving it and I to a degree I agree with that. You're the purest of the bunch, Brent. But there's also the success rate is so much higher. Like, I can remember it, and then, all right, so I'm going to, Chris, cue me up, and I'm going to try to be careful not to turn this into a social media, it ain't. You just YouTube tell what you hater think. podcast, right. <clears throat> but I got a theory on some of this, so you think about it in the early 2000s or the 90s, there weren't as many people traveling hunting, but did a little bit of traveling and hunting, so you had a way you hunted at home. And then a different game when you went on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, no a, a road trip hunt is sort is more of a zero sum game. So if you're hunting at home, you, you know what you say? They make my turkey. They're not my turkeys. I got one. I got one dance with this turkey. If yeah. I bump him, oh well. Uh, so you would you would do things. You would do mm-hmm. things you wouldn't do at home where you had a chance to come back to that turkey. Where you had to live with the mistake if you made it. You know, because you, used to you could you could leave a turkey goblin on on your place. And, and come, come back, back tomorrow. To, come back the next day. You know, yeah. whatever. <clears throat> so you had one way you hunted at home, one way you hunted on the road. Well, you got a whole generation of guys now watching YouTube, and they're learning to hunt, watching these guys road trip hunt. I mean... And they're successful. Yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. But it just changes. I, I remember just, going to um, South Dakota, and, and Mitt gave me some intel, and he, he got some guys... I don't know if you remember this, Mitt, but you was hunting on the Indian reservation, and uh, you said, "Man, these guys smoked these turkeys. You could find them in these fields." Well, every spot that that guy had marked with his cell phone, we went to them. Some holes in the road. Wasn't turkey to be found. Mm. That they didn't. I mean, all of them got gone, and we finally on an Indian reservation. We got up there. Hey, we had to we had to pony out some money and hit a private landowner because, and it goes back, and I, and I believe this. They were over-harvested. Well, to, to that, that same point, I mean, they back in the, in the late 90s, through the 90s, if you killed every turkey you had a legitimate opportunity at with the with the weapons that you had, a 30-yard lead the gun. The 30-yard turkey. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you couldn't hurt them. If you shot everyone you had an opportunity at through the season. Yeah. Well, you fast forward to feeders, cameras, TSS, and decoys. You do that today. I mean, it takes restraint Look, today man. where we Look, didn't probably didn't have to exercise as much restraint and, and before. And we Brent, talk about predators, nest predators, and, and, and all. Oh, we're the number one predator. We are a lot more efficient as predators than, than we ever were. Hey, our, our good there's buddies. there's more of us, and we're a lot better at it. Some of our good buddies, but we are the apex, and I ain't being funny, we are the apex predator for the turkeys, for the gobblers for sure. Yeah. I so mean, what do we do with that? And so I – Perish the thought that we're going to have to lose hunters to gain the population back or gain the the sport that we grew up with that we loved. 
I mean, perish the thought. So what, what have we got to do? We've got to produce more. We've got to do better with the resource that we have. And so that's where... But may, that, we may have to shoot less. Well, it, absolutely we have to do. And that's yeah. where that's going to have but to see, be. See, that comes that down to that restraint. Yeah, that good point, Mitt, because I agree with the science behind, you know, if, if, if you arbitrarily just lower the bag limit. Well, that the numbers show that doesn't work well because only, let's say, let's say you got a three-bird limit. Let's say if... if Sixty percent of the hunters are killing that first bird. Well, then only maybe twenty percent are killing the second bird, and maybe only five percent are killing number three. So if you cut it back to number, you know, to two turkeys, you haven't cut thirty percent of the harvest. But you, I don't think it can you know, be. So it's going to be restraint on your part and on my part. It can't be, but it can't be an, an individual bag limit. That's not going to solve the problem. No, no, I agree. It's going to be per track, and so you think about Chris. We could shoot. 12 tur- you could shoot 12 turkeys on your track and not hurt them as bad yeah, I mean as, killing two a, on as a, small a club yep. with this many members and each one of them shoot one. I agree that's, that. You see yeah. my point? And so when you got yeah. – How do you pay, regulate that? Though? I mean, I get it. You, you're you, 100% well, right. It's but personal, how do you regulate personal responsibility. It comes down to the landowner. Yeah. And back to your analogy in Florida, when we start understanding that this is a very, very important resource – and the landowner or land manager starts to understand that, that's where it will be regulated on a parcel, not a not a bag limit yeah, from an individual. You, I get that. I get that in theory, but you can't in today's cultures if, if then you're getting into this elitist, so if you've got three thousand acres, you get twenty tags. I don't own anything. I'm at the mercy of a draw for public. So, I mean, Think you see about, what I mean? Like, I from a regulatory standpoint, I don't – I get it. So, I've thought a lot about this. And um, and so – and I'm not claiming this is the answer, but that's what we're going to have to move to. Because you think about the the, the guy that's got the, the 2,000 acres lease from Warehouser, and there's 15, 15 members. I paid my $1,000. 45 $1, turkeys yeah, that I, they all killed. I her. paid my, my $1,000. I'm going to shoot my three turkeys. That's the mentality that we've got to start I agree. challenging. A hundred percent, I agree. And with so, that. if say, and we'll use the, the the timber company in this particular example, when they start seeing that that resource is worth some money, and they start managing at that level instead of the state level, I would argue from the timber company money that that resource is more valuable, meaning higher rental rates than it would be the way that they're managing there. And so, that's what's can be really interesting conversation and we're getting we're, we're waiting off into something that's very very controversial yeah here. Well, I, no, well but let me no, tell no you doubt about it. I mean, brent knows this because i because he leases he brent's club leases one of my tracks that we lease out you know i i think i'm i've handled about eighteen thousand acres of hunting leases okay i don't have any restrictions on those hunting leases of how many turkeys you kill but i know the club that brent was in had 150 members Okay. Not sustainable. Not, right. not and, and, and it had three thousand acres of land because yeah, so we leased them five hundred. Okay, so that would work when you had two turkey hunters in the club, right? Yeah. Back, and, and, back and, in the heyday, the yeah, with me and Steve Baker, and, and it, it wouldn't be five of us. Yeah, really it's self-regulated. That, and, and it wouldn't be fair, you know. Each of those paying members, he paid his six fifty, five hundred, six hundred dollars, whatever it was to get in the club. But if you only have seven goblin turkeys, met. But I, I don't have but I don't have patience for fair. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about yeah. what we're proposing that we're we're losing our resource across the state, 
I've got yeah. no compassion I, for fair. I don't. Yeah, fair I, I doesn't factor into me. That, that doesn't factor in with me. Yeah. But look, let so, me throw let me throw this at you, Mitt. Also, on Brent's club, all the good places that Brent would kill turkeys. Yeah, they gone. Why are they gone? Tell me, Brent. I want to hear it. I want to hear it so I can, so I can smile. Tell me. <laughs> well, some of them have been clear cut. Oh, my God. And some of them, look, the, the person we're releasing from dies. It goes to airs. It gets sold. There's river lots. There's that's river right. houses on it now. But that's, so, but that's the same thing to the, the Florida analogy. Those guys understand that resource, yeah. and they're yeah. going to do everything mm-hmm. they can to manage that resource, and they want to perpetuate that resource. Well, we need more landowners and, and more people within the state to pull in that direction to where we're managing for that resource. And if it's about leaving that bottomland hardwood to promote more turkeys in my area, then that's that's something that I've got to weigh out is the is the juice. The value's got to be there, yeah. That, no doubt. And so, you know, thinking about how can we do that practically, I started thinking about our DMAP program. Think about the DMAP. DMAP has is a program within the state it's been a long time since i participated in it our club did but you enrolled in the dmap program the state sent a biologist to to the area to assess the health of your track look at the habitat quality make some recommendations in harvest if if it was a spot to where you needed to shoot more deer he could give you supplemental tags that would allow you to kill over the state limit so think about that strategy Instead of a D map, let's call it a T map. All right. And so what Chris has got three thousand acres of land. Now I'm making these numbers up. Right. Because I, I was wondering where my other deeds are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chris has three thousand acres of land. He does a really, really good job on habitat management. Right. That biologist comes out there and says, All right, Chris, you're allotted X amount of tags for your piece of property. Your neighboring track over there is three thousand acres lease land 40 members he comes and assesses that that track and you know you've got a lot a lot to be desired from your turkey habitat management on this track sir you only get you only get three turkeys on this track well hypothetically what's that going to do number one the club members are going to be aggravated that the landowners only got three and so that's going to they're going to check out or the landowner is going to say you know what i see that now that's getting in my pocketbook I want to do a better job on turkey habitat and turkey management so I can get my allotment up. And you see how that can perpetuate itself. The way it leads on the way. That's right. But, you know, we've got to get some of these landowners keyed in of how important having that turkey population is. No doubt. Look, T-MAP, you heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Don't you agree? I mean, most people. Yeah. That awareness and it's it that can't awareness, be, yeah. and and that we're talking to the the you know turkeys for tomorrow and wild turkey federation and all yeah, these bankers so we go much, to we're, so we're speaking oh. in a vacuum. We're not talking to the land owners. We're not talking to the people. We're not the talking to the guy that owns the turkeys. No, no. So the guy, the lease guys, and and the guys that got permission. We're talking to him about turkey habitat. He's got no say. Yeah, but to, in in defense of them, they're the ones that are engaged in a lot of cases. No doubt, they're, they're the participant. They're the hunter. They're so the one that are engaged. Whose fault is that? That's I would say that's on us for on not all of getting that, not getting the people that that matter to the table engaged. The people yeah, that yeah. don't care about turkey hunting, they need to have and, a reason to be. And engaged. I'm gonna be honest with you, Mitt's going. Mitt's probably not going to admit to it, but that that's how he is. He plays that game, but. <laughs> I can't if, wait to hear what if, this um, is. <laughs> before we had a place and before we had a love of growing them, 
We probably overharvest them. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, listen, yeah, I know. I blew them I off had my, a talk. Look, man, I, I'm just telling what's you. What's the statute of limitations? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't put me <laughs> on right, the well, heat. Let me, but, let me but, give but, you some but numbers here. I killed them. I killed them. Let me give you Oof, some numbers here. Not really good. Our our average today, and this is based on some southeastern research. Our numbers today are one and a half poults per hen recruitment. Okay. All right. Follow these numbers. Over the last five years, it's been one point seven. Okay. The smart people on the research side. Say two is the break even. Wow. So we're been two below. just to maintain. You know what our numbers were in the in the eighties and nineties when we were on that real steep trajectory when me and you were overkilling our, our yeah. turkeys. Mm-hmm. You know what the number was then? It was well, less than two, wasn't it? Three point five. Oh, it's three point five. So it doubled. Three point five. It's double what it is growth, now. In that yeah. high growth, and so you can see right now we've got more hunters. We're producing less turkeys per hen. We're we're taking more than we're making. And it's not hard. And, and listen, y'all, I, and Mitt's going to agree with me. We had not even got the habitat Brent, yet. Brent, I think you're going to agree <laughs> with me on this. But your neighbor helps you, too. Your neighbor doing the right thing helps you, too. It's got to be all Dr. of Dr. Reed, he kills. He don't kill a turkey. He now he probably several gets killed on his place. But when he, the tide rises, all he, the boats come up. Right. He 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 manages his habitat. He traps. He kills a couple hundred coons a year. Um, I think that's just a, a good, good neighbor, man. I think that's one of the good things that are coming out of all this. You know, I, I open this thing up, kind of whining a little bit about just getting fatigued from hearing all this everywhere you turn. There's gloom and doom on the turkeys. But I think one of the benefits is. We're talking about it. I think you're going to see more of a cooperative effort. Uh, and, and and at the end of the day, that may be what makes a difference. You know, we talk about death by a thousand cuts. Well, if we all get on the same page and we all start paddling the same direction, it's got to help. we got to produce more than we're taking off the landscape. And so that's why it's irrelevant. Then you've got to get out there and do your homework. If we've got restraint... I don't care if you sit on that feeder with TSS and shoot him in a hundred yards. I don't care. It's if you've got plenty, restraint. it's about the restraint and how many are we taking off the landscape versus how many we're 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 we're, we're, leaving. we're losing. Yeah, and and so how can we start collectively? How can we start putting more turkeys on on the landscape? Here we go, it, habitat. It go. I mean, it's that, that's it. Habitat and. Predator management. Um, so one of the and those poults is the is the ticket. We're not gonna wait off. So we're gonna this. so we're gonna back away from the taking. Let's talk about the making. So yeah. so I think we all agree. Do you agree, Mitt? We're taking too many on areas that are declining. I think Especially people are shooting too many. When you look at how many turkeys we're producing, yeah, absolutely, yeah, relative we're to yeah, too, too many. many. I agree with that. Yeah, and I know you do, Brent. I mean, you talk about it every day. I mean, the numbers showed it. I mean, yeah. you look at nationally when we were our turkey numbers were exploding across the u.s i mean you saw the numbers there what yeah. 3.5 poults per, yeah. per hen double what they're doing now double what they're doing now so if all it takes and we yeah, say harvest this all numbers the time, are down but harvest numbers aren't down at that same level that the production is down. no way you know so that's not sustainable so people think about something if you're not just a jam up turkey you know if you keep up with the the biology of them but a a, a a big flock, Mitt, when you say 30, 40 birds, it's a good-sized flock. Yep. Okay, We're never going to have the 200-bird flocks like they have out in Missouri and different ones. But so I mean, You don't uh, see the big flocks no, here anymore no. like we used to. But a 30, a 20 to 30-bird flock is a pretty good flock in Mississippi. Okay, well, Think about it. 
if we only have two of those hens successfully have a clutch, Mitt, that's 20 birds that right there. Make a, a big difference. One that, year. Just two. Two yeah. out of now, – now, think about these numbers, guys. 35, 40 birds, hens, okay? Your, 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 your gobblers are going to service them, all right? We, you know, most of the time they get serviced. Then only two of them has to make a successful nest, and that's going to get into our habitat in a minute, a successful nest, raise their young away from predators, and they have supplied that whole flock for birds for the next four or five yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, so you can see where a small difference in nest success makes huge differences in your population. But, but what makes it sad, those 36 other ones that got bred failed. Yeah. So that, that's And before good we run too far, before we segue absolutely out of the taking, if you're taking, if, if you're chasing an, every goblin turkey on your track, you're you're one bad hatch away from losing from a disaster because you're counting on you, recruitment and not yeah. carry. We yeah. can't control. Throw that in. While we we're can't there. control well, spring rains, spring floods. We yeah. can't and control. So that. That's why you don't want to hunt till the last goblin turkey is don't gone. Don't kill every one of them. You just can't. And if he's out there at eighty yards, don't try to just don't try one to beer joint. One of them beer joint shots. Yeah. So you know. Along those but lines. apex bullet can usually kill him. So Easy, got, they we'll, cannot. Marcus last not, not at 80. Let's not okay. promote that. <laughs> Marcus has been talking a lot about the historical writings of, of some of our um, you know, founding er, fathers. Yeah, early guys when they're coming across the southeast and he's you know reading into that, their writings. And so you're talking about 17, 1800 stuff. So he, there's a guy that he's been um, telling us about in, in some of his podcasts and, and writings. His name is Bertram. And he talks about, you know, the Tom Kelly references Bertram a lot. How, you know, for miles and miles and miles, he's hearing hearing those turkeys. Well, you think about Bertram as far as those numbers that we were looking at just them. If he had, you know, 1.7 to 1.8 poults per hen recruitment and not taking any off the landscape, you would never see a difference. Mm Mm-mm. That's right. You would never see a difference. And I, so those times, I, he they could go through a, a, a two or three, four, five-year bad nesting habitat, whatever period, yep. and come back out of it, and you would never know the difference. Because he had eight structures. But you drop down to 1.7, and you put the kind of pressure on them that we're putting on them, you're going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you you're smack it. And, and, and let me tell you, good turkey hunters, they're going to kill their limit. You agree? I mean, if they got a good place, they're going to get their limit if they want to. Um, well, I don't know if you got to even be a good turkey hunter to get them now. I mean, with no, with these spin man. feeders, y'all. Let me tell you, I look you at you got to have access. I look at tons of access. I look at tons of of pieces of land <clears throat> for appraisals, selling timber. You would be surprised the shooting houses that are set up just to shoot turkeys. Pop up blinds yeah, every field. Every green field's got a pop up stomach, blind in man. it. But anyway. Yeah, I'll throw up in my boots. <laughs> Think about some guy sitting in a shooting house. So transition away from this. Let's talk get, about something else, so man. Good. Let's talk about crappie fishing. <laughs> Is uh, Texas? Uh, I don't even know who did it, um, but Texas did a, a trapping um, study, and we show sure ain't going to talk about trapping. We and that's been no. beaten. But but one thing that this this study did show was really really interesting to me. And so the trapping study, what they were going after was the the nesting predators 
on feeders versus off of feeders and how bringing those nest predators to one location, how that could affect nesting success. So you follow that? They got, mm-hmm. they got feed sites Bait and no site. feed sites. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they were monitoring the predator and the turkey populations and the nest success within those areas. All right. So follow that. So, so they're, they're drawing them in. They're drawing them in okay. and got study areas where they're not drawing them in. They're okay. looking at nest success. Okay. All right. This was done in Texas, and everything is dependent on rainfall in Texas. We all right. know that. Okay, they make Rainfall makes or breaks everything in Texas. So right. take that with a grain of salt. But on a year, on a drought year, they lost 100% of the, 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 the nest in the feed areas and the non-feed areas. All right, I think it was Brett Collier that was. I think it was was, was talking about this on on one of the last uh, um, on the turkey side. Turkey, turkey I think it was podcast. either Texas or Louisiana. But this did. is what really, really caught my eye and and taking it back to the importance of habitat. So a hundred percent nest failure, regardless if it's around a feeder or not, on the on the dry year. Well, they got a, a period of rain one year. Um, it was two different rain events. One was a four inch rain event that resulted in much better habitat. Okay, so the feed site around the feeders was still 100% nest loss, all right? But the unfed areas only had a 75% nest loss. And so a 25% nest success after a four-inch rain, all right? A five-inch rain, the the feed sites was an 80% loss, so a 20% nest success. And the, the non-fed area was only a 40% loss, so 60% nest success. And all you're seeing there is a correlation between no rain, a 4-inch rain, and a 5-inch rain is the quality of the habitat, period. They could hide. They could hide. And yeah. so if we could spend – so now let's bring it back to Mississippi. We're not necessarily um, limited to rainfall in our habitat but what are the things that we can increase our habitat quality? Proper timber harvest, prescribed fire, right. herbicide applications, brood rearing habitat, native grasses, nesting, yeah. native warm season grass. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if Texas can see that kind of success in better nesting habitat, we can too. Except we're not limited to weather and rainfall like Texas is. So shame on us if we don't start thinking about that and right. increasing that nesting habitat and brooding habitat and ultimately nest success. So it, it set out to be a trapping study, but man, what powerful um, message that was in, in support of, yep. of habitat quality. That's yeah. the take home. And and look, the the timbered southeast, that, that early successional ideal brooding and, and nesting habitat most of the time that's that limiting factor like uh habitat what was is the king. quote is it like five percent four or five percent of the landscape and that's what we're counting on all of that nesting and brooding oh, yeah. happening on four or five percent of what the landscape right, is right. and it just it's not mm-hmm. sustainable yep, yep. and then you start talking about proximity and these are the ways that a landowner can be very intentional about their habitat but you start looking at proximity to the nesting habitat and brood rearing habitat, Brent, and the further that moves away, the nest success goes down. Yeah. And so having those in close proximity scattered around your property can even take it to another level. Right. Um, so saying all that to say, if we're intentional, we can absolutely make a difference on the landscape. No, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, look, another thing I took away from that, that Brett Collier episode on the turkey science, and I don't – 
want to just regurgitate all that but along those lines is these tracks that like timber companies own that are managed for timber the only areas where you have that grass where the sunlight's hitting the ground side of the roads is those road sides and loading yeah. decks and so you, you the that number one predator those coyotes and, he, and he, bobcats, they're coursing going. animals they're using that road so you force them to nest and try to brood Right where the predator, no like wonder right, right at the buffet. A loss. That's yeah. right. It's a loss. I mean, every time. Yeah. So back to Chris's point on just the success of just two successful nests. When we start moving from 1.7 just to 2.5, how that can change an area, a portion of the county. Yeah, well, you almost county. doubled it. I mean, that rate almost, yeah. I mean, you can see where we can start having those numbers make a big, big difference really, really fast. You know, and, and going back, like you said, the, the timber harvest and, and people, you know, we can't control, like Brent, you in a club, okay, a club, you know, design. Like we had several, you know, hunting clubs in um, on how they manage their timber. We can't control how they manage their timber. We can't control how they harvest their timber. But they can control it. But, but they can control it if we could get the information to Well, them. I mean, I, I, I tell you this. you got to create that value proposition. One of the I mean, biggest landowners over there in Alabama, and they lease, it's a timber company, and they lease a, a bunch of their land, I guess all their land for, for hunting. I know one of the, the guys over there that's over the, the lease management side. And he said, he said, Mitt, you know, 15, 20 years ago, all our phone calls were, hey, have you got a deer lease for me? Right. He said the last 10 years, Turkeys. I get zero phone calls yeah. about leasing for a deer. Everyone's about leasing for a turkey. And so if if you, from a landowner's perspective, or a timber company's perspective, and I don't, Chris, you could add to this. It may not even be worth their time to even think about it. But if I could spend a little bit of time and resources and forethought into making my turkey habitat better, that would increase my turkey populations to where I could even double my rental rates. I don't know many turkey hunters are looking for lease land that wouldn't, instead of paying $1,000, pay $2,000. If, if they knew they could kill them. If they knew they had more turkeys. Yeah. And so that's what the interesting conversation would be to me. These absentee landowners that lease their land out and they don't really care about the hunting, but somebody else hunts it. Timber company. At what point do we incentivize them at a higher rental rate level that would get their attention to say, you know what, that turkey, just like the Florida mentality, that turkey is worth a lot of money. It's right. it's a resource that I need to to take serious, and that would encourage that landowner that doesn't care anything about hunting to do a better job in turkey habitat management. And, but it, I'm going to tell you something. It goes back to also, and it's not being an elitist or a little Lord Fortaroid, but if we know that a flock of turkeys, we know that they're going to spring and winter ranges are going to be from 600 acres to 1,000 acres. You not agree? They're, they're yep. going to trap lap. If you in a, like, where we live at, on one side of the river, everything's fragmented, 80s, 100s, 120s, you know, okay? On the side of the river myth that our farms are on, they're bigger blocks. They're bigger landowner blocks. They're you know, they're, they're just that's just how it was. That was that was how it was divided in the in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, I've you know I'm a history nut, so I've researched yep. it back. But you know, controlling you think about it, controlling that turkey when he leaves that winter range, controlling him to where he ends up being on that, he may go across six, seven, eight landowners. Okay, mm-hmm. he may end up on a landowner that have 
could care less about turkeys. Because, right. hey, look, he ends up on a lot of places, Brent, that mean you get permission to hunt. Because mm-hmm. we do our homework, we say we know those turkeys are there, mm-hmm. and we go. That ain't where he lived the whole year. Yeah, That's where it gets hard. Takes all the land That's over. right. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets hard because how can I ask you, Mitt, that only hunts three times a year, man, if you would, don't, you know, don't shoot but one of those turkeys. Yeah. What's he going to tell you? You're right. Well, I can tell you what he's going to tell you. Mind your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, you shoot what you want to on your side. I'm going to shoot right. what I want to. And, and and he's not saying that being foolish. That may be what he wants to do, and that may be his his. He enjoyment. may have just paid double for that lease because it right. had turkeys. Right. Back to our point. And, and you know? so we're, you know, like, like Brent said, these, these cell cameras, we're fighting over the same birds. Sometimes on, on some of these tracks, well, I, mean, I don't we think really are. We're not. We certainly don't have all the answers, but I think we would agree that if we're going to make a difference, it's going to happen on private land. All right, yeah. 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 I've seen, I've seen what so y'all if, do. If, if that's the case, I would mm-hmm. argue that the majority of the the Mississippi and probably southeastern landscape is owned by non-hunters, or a portion of that land is non-hunters. Yeah. That have a big impact on the success mm-hmm. of our turkeys. How can we get them engaged? Or I'm not when I say non-hunters, I mean estate land, club land, people that lease it off. I'm not saying that land doesn't get hunted, right? But, but the, the people owner, that are managing the, the yeah, land, the, with the, the ultimate land control, taxes on that land are what percentage of them are the hunters, and they have just as much influence on the turkey populations as the ones that do. And hunt. they've got the equity in it. They've got, yeah, you know, right. if, if you're going to show this value, this increased value, they're the ones that would have that controlling interest. Right. Because the guy paying the lease may not, he may not want his lease to go up. You know, we talk about the guy who would pay a little extra. Well, there's a lot of guys that leave my landowner alone because I got a sweetheart deal. Right. Yep. You know, I don't need, I don't want those guys from Madison County coming up here and paying Twenty dollars an acre for this lease that I'm so, getting for so. Eight. What do you tell when the guy? Seven. That's so right. What do you tell the guy that does have the lease? He doesn't own any land. What about this? Hey, let's go to our let's go to our landlord, and and propose. Hey, we're willing to go up on our rental rates. We if, can do if this. You will, Give us if you allow us to do to or do, pay to do these uh, tools. some type of different timber harvest uh, scheme, more prescribed <clears> fire. Do some herbicide applications, you know, better food plots yeah. that would encourage them, whether it's not just on the landowner's dime. And show them the value. But we got to the show them that added value to and the I'm property. And I'm going to pick on a little of my, I'm going to pick on my occupation. Some of these foresters and timber people and timber buyers, we need to step up to the plate and say, hey, when a landowner says, I want to cut all that right there, we need to sit there and say, and it's, and it's, it gets tricky. Because it's about that dollar. The more timber we cut, the more money we get paid, especially if you're on a commission mm-hmm. basis. But we need to say, hey, Mr. Robertson, you have a valuable piece of property. You have turkeys all over this thing. And it would be worth so much more. But but there it goes again is yeah, the timber. How much the timber? motivation for wanting to, to for you being out there it. is they're looking but to liquidate and realize some mid, of that value. And you've opened my eyes. Some landowners may listen to us, okay, and say when we say, hey, listen, don't harvest, you know, where these turkeys are, are used. Let, let's harvest something over yeah. here. Let's, you know, and, and all according to what size. The and track and is. to your point, Chris, and, and we've seen that on, on your track. I mean, when you got, you know, six hundred acres of bottomland hardwood, for example, they don't roost all over that thing randomly. 
There are areas in there they, that they, they predominantly. The same. Yeah. They use and them. so you can do timber harvest, incorporate into what Chris is talking about, and be very strategic. Yeah. Yes. I, I have seen yep. It takes a little more effort, though, and you've got, your motivation a, has to be well, something different. it goes different. back to planning. Yep. you got to plan it. And, 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 you gotta, and, and, and to and, some and, degree, stewardship. Yep. But, man, while we're right here, and, and I think this is a good time, because you know we're telling them what we think is wrong. All right, successful places. I'm going to give you my turkey list that I do on my place, and, and, and I haven't seen a decline, okay? It may not work for your place, but let me just tell you what I personally do, okay? So, number one, I designed my roads wide, okay? I designed them wide, 75, 80 foot wide. My roads are designed wide. I keep clover planted down sides of them, okay? And that's even going through stuff that I had clear cut or stuff that I had never stuck a saw in, Okay? Yeah, so the reason why those wide roads are important is because it gives continuity, you know, throughout your place from top to bottom, side to side, and allows those turkeys to get from one habitat type to another. And I know that's one huge benefit that me and you both are, are, are seeing and benefiting from, Chris, on, on those big wide roads. Especially your track. I mean, we were talking about a track in, that don't have a lot of huge timber. I mean, majority, wouldn't you say mid, the majority of the timber on your track is Ditch less size? No doubt than, about than it. Anything to roost on, except yeah. a dove. Yeah, the only roof sites I have is on ditch banks, creek right. banks. And, I mean, these turkeys are, I mean, you're, you're, you've got as many turkeys as I've got, and mine, majority of mine's, you know, wooded. Um, you know, number two, number two thing that I do, um, you know, my neighbor got me on it, but trapping. Now, we ain't going to beat that horse up, but we trap. I kill, I kind of kill 100, 150 coons a year, coons, possums, skunks. Um yeah, and look, look, there's all kind of, you can tune into a bunch of podcasts and get science about trapping, but here's what my observation is, is that y'all do it, it's a piece of y'all, y'all it's one of the tools in your toolbox, and you got turkeys, well said. and that's really what I need to know. Well I mean, said. you know, I, I've never heard y'all say, you know what, I really messed up by trapping this So year. we were talking about that. that little forum that we had in Jackson. This was something I was thinking as I was hearing all this doom and gloom, you know, during that thing. Is that I've got in our circle, Chris is one of them, but I've got, I've got six to eight large landowners that I get to work with and are either personally friends with or clients of, of what we're doing. And I was just thinking through all of them are enjoying great turkey habitat and populations, and they're just, I mean, they're, they're killing it. Even through that, apparent downturn they were still killing it as far as their turkey populations um you know poke recruitment you know nesting success all those things and i got to thinking about half of them feed about half of them don't all of them have success about half of them trap about half of them don't all of them are enjoying success half of them have you know big pretty hardwood bottoms half of them are in pine thickets pine plantation. all of them are enjoying success and so, to your point, Brent, it's not one magic silver bullet. It's understanding your track, understanding what your limiting factors are, and going right to the heart of that. Uh, you can only manage what you can manage. You can only manage what you can manage. Yeah. Um, I think, Mitt, the, the, uh, a third thing as far as habitat-wise, um, on, on my track in years too, I give them a little of both. I give them some stuff. You, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. You got to have them a, a little something to nest in. You got to have a thicket. So I, I went in and I chose to do little small patch clear cuts. Um, I want to do a whole podcast at some point of what you did. 
and cutting yeah. a, cutting cut that hardwood, hardwood timber mm-hmm. and putting in that and that the strategy behind season. what yeah, we man, did that's, behind that's it. a cool cool it's, story it's if story. nothing else some social media blasts but that that's a that's a niche well, story. what you at, did on habitat time, at I would the time say, and me and Mitt was running because he was born on planting grass but nobody had ever took cut over took hardwood timber out and planted back grass but my my thing main thing was is you know deer cover but the turkeys also and getting them hey you ready getting them bed and cover out of the floodplain yep. okay that's a that's another critical thing um yep. that we done nesting and brooding that's habitat. right and, and that's i've got them you know so so you look at you know you look at that list um you know open you know open roads wide roads um you know food let's let's talk about a little bit about food mick because we've talked about food plus but food just for turkeys i have never planted chufa here they're great I don't have any ground that they can dig. My ground's real heavy. Same. But what I do, I put a lot of white clover. I'm a big white clover guy. Um, I do white clover. Um, I'm trying some different stuff. Bobby Cole and them's got some new products over there that, um, that I'm trying a little of, uh, of their clover now. And But I keep a lot of clover because of, number one, the insects that the clover has for the poults. If you don't believe it, go in the spring, first of the summer, Get your hands reached out in your clover, but at back you're gonna have bugs. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of stuff that they can eat. So I do that, a- and we plant a lot of. Uh, I plant a lot of standing corn. Okay, you can go out in one of my cornfields. I was looking at one yesterday, and tracks everywhere. So so I'm keeping them feed and not out of a bag. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I do have some feeders. I have feeders, and they will jump up in those feeders and eat. From time to time, when they want to, <laughs> I mean, they can do it, and and I watch them. But I but I keep them something there, um, and I guess the last thing, and Mitch, you doing the, the, the so me and you are mirroring everything we're doing on our tracks. You agree the same yeah. things? Yeah, I don't feed quite as intense. Right? You, you yeah, do. you're not a big yep. feed. Little Miss, a little lazy, when, and a little, little light on that on that uh, on that billfold. But that's 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 his game. But the last thing, and and I, and I go back to it. And I'm not, I don't want to sound like a high hatter, but I don't kill them all. Yeah. It, it doesn't bother me to shoot one of them and watch them all. Yeah. It doesn't bother me to take less than half. It, it doesn't because I, I've made it so many. Because remember when we started, you could hear what, one or two down yeah. there? Now I have heard up to 15, you know, eight or 10. I've sometimes. Been down there. It was a gobble fest. But, well, and, and we didn't even shoot. I, I was right. letting you shoot. That's why Mitt's got to open. He won't shoot mine either. That's what I love about that guy. So we get to call it and have all the fun, and he walks in and he said, I ain't going to shoot it. I said, okay, that's great, man. Mitt, you wrong. Yeah, but don't shoot that other one either. But it, it's, it goes back to I, 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 I've had lucky enough to be able to put a place together to do it. But I'm going to tell you now, it goes back to drainage. Um, and I'm in a flood bottom. I mean, I'm, I'm what really so it's gets ha- me. It's intentional habitat, yes. man. What I'm hearing is you, you're, you're, you're self-regulating on your harvest. I'm doing it for the turkeys. You, you're, you're adjusting. You're, you're doing things with your habitat to provide that nesting and brooding cover. You're trapping. You're, you're, you're eliminating. You're, you're, you're trapping the things that eat them or trying to kill a turkey. Right. Uh, and it, it's, it's a little bit of all that. Right. right. But it's a it's a that that list. Now I want y'all to really listen to what I'm going to say. 
That list is done every year. I never back off of it. And it could change year to year. It's right. a constant evaluation and reevaluation. That's it. Every I, single I, I year. I watch them. I keep up with them. I watch them in the wintertime. I keep up with, you know, most of the time I get put people in stands at my place. First thing I ask them, send turkeys. And I do that because I want to know where they're at. I want to know how many gobblers, you know, how many different, you know, bachelor groups of gobblers I have. And it's just, you know, just like when you and Brent was down there hunting, you, you know, y'all, y'all, Saw a big group of gobblers, but you keep up with it because you know all of them not going to stay on me. They go on my neighbor too, but it it gives us an idea of of really harvest. It gives us an idea of, of what we need to do, but the, it's it's intentional and it's done every year. I don't back off of it, and it's a lot of time spent doing it. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you: in the summertime, I allow coon hunting. Yeah, I mean, I let I let guys go down there if they crazy enough to do it and as long as they don't kill my rattlesnakes i'm i let them coon hunt i just bought mitchell's knee puppy i saw a picture on social media so we're gonna be in the coon that's hunt gonna game. be awesome <laughs> coon hunt game I, I, look i couldn't tell by the picture I, I, he was holding it like they were both struggling i couldn't tell anything about the variety <laughs> that's yeah that's a great a little, thing. little mountain curve but you know you're talking about the numbers and that restraint uh whatever this is worth uh mike chamberlain i've heard him say somebody point blank to him how He's many turkeys how, how many turkeys when you take off you know, my track is safe. And his response was, we're safe taking and uh, leaving 30% of your male turkeys. If you leave 30% of your male turkeys, he said he feels very comfortable. And so whatever that's worth, yeah. that was something that came out of a researcher's mouth. And so um, that's and, a good, and I'm not, always trying to And I'm going to say that. this, and just because he's gobbling don't mean you have to go kill him. Mm. It's just, you know, you may want to kill him, Look, there's been a many a times that back in the older days, two come in, two wouldn't have left the field. Yeah. But there's a lot of times. If I don't kill him, my neighbor's going to. That's right. And yeah. and or how about this? I don't own anything. I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. Or I paid my $600. That's right. Please. It just, you know, a lot of times got, two come in, I'll yeah. shoot one and I won't shoot the other one. I mean, it's just, it, it but I have had to restrain myself. And, and let me, let me admit to something. I kill less turkeys now than I used to. Okay, but I grow more turkeys and I produce more turkeys. I just think that's the ev- that's the evolution of a turkey hunter. I mean, no different than a deer hunter. When we yeah. we started out, you know, it was quantity over quality, yeah. and I think the turkey hunting evolution is is no different. Yeah, and and, and you just and yeah. If if I step back and look at it objectively, we are in that stage where we're this is more about the craft and more about leaving behind. We're at that stage, you know. And I I I. <clears throat> kind of hard for me to admit, but I'll get on some of these. I get on my soapbox about these cats on YouTube and these kids I see running up and down the road. They're not there yet. Yeah. And if somebody had told me 25 years ago these things, I don't know. You that say, I would shut up, old man. It. Shut up, man. I'm I'm good at this. Yeah. I, I've I've hit my stride because you know what it's like when it clicks. When it finally clicks and you're killing turkeys. Yeah. Feels good. There's a reason why it's popular. That good run. There's a reason why this thing's popular. <laughs> no <man>. doubt. <laughs> It, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think I can overstate what it means to me, you know, uh, and that's why we're having the conversation because it means so much. That's, that's, why, that's why we're sitting so here. so important. Yeah. Well, good. Well, uh, well I guess good. that gives Chris us our Chris perspective. Chris is giving me a signal. He's got crawfish on his mind. He's giving us a I, cut I, sign. I guess it's that gives us that signal where uh, that, that's that's our take on the on what we think about. It's our about perspective anyway. Yeah, it is. 
it is. But I'm going to tell you something, people listening, that'll if they'll think, and I think they'll have a lot of the same ideas and, and uh, stuff that we had. Yeah, and look, the, the good thing is, you know, about all this, there's a lot of good information being put out there right now. There, there's a lot of, as much as those things that I talked about that get on my nerves, all the hunting shows and, and what I think is exploiting a resource for gain in some of these social media platforms, particularly YouTube, but there's also just as many people out there with the right intention. You know, th- these researchers are putting themselves out there, and I give them credit. Lashley Goolsby, Collier, uh, Craig Harper. If this I'm perceived, a fan. I mean, yep. and they're out there, and they're doing it. They're putting this information out there. Bobby Cole and them over at Mossy Oak, they get them on there. And That's they, right. They yep. are. They're giving them the platform, and, and the researchers are taking it. They're, you know, If this perceived downturn has done anything, it has created some awareness yeah. and put new fuel behind turkey research, people thinking about it, what can I do better? I mean, even people, be Even people like my neighbor that, that's not a turkey hunter, but he's a turkey manager. Yeah. There's a stewardship duty there. I ain't no if question. If you care about it, then you yeah. need to. And it's, it's, you can't stick your head in the sand on this one because if, if, you, if, we, don't, if, if we weren't at this point right now, I worry we, we would go down the route that the quail, the bobwhite quail went down. All of a sudden, they're gone. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's. I, I think this has started a, a wave of awareness that I don't. I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna stop anytime soon. I mean, you can't get on social media, watch TV. I mean, that somebody's not, not talking about this. That almost to nauseum. But you get out there and yeah. buy and sell some turkey tracks now. That's right. Some tur- not tracks. T r a c k s. Some turkey right. tracks of land. Yeah, that's right. That's what we need to start looking into. Yep. Yep. All right, well, look, I'm going to wrap this one up. I think we've about done all we can do. You guys, by the time this airs, you will probably be turkey hunting. to be turkey season. Be safe. Do right. Uh, and good luck. Yep. Good luck to you. See y'all.